This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Please be sure to subscribe and share with friends and family. To help support this ministry, please visit allentempleamec.com slash donate. Thank you for listening. The scripture that was read to your hearing came from the book of Romans, chapter 12, verse 1, which reads, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. It is with this scripture in mind, I ask you this question, which is also the title to my message this morning. Are you a living sacrifice? Are you a living sacrifice? Pray with me, church. Gracious, everlasting Father, I thank you for who you are. I thank you for who you are in my life. I thank you for this opportunity to stand here and be a living sacrifice unto your will. Lord, hide me behind that cross where there will be more of you that is seen and less of Nephtali. I submit to your will this morning, and by the power of your Holy Spirit, use me to be your mouthpiece. And I will be sure to give you all the glory and all the praise you so rightly deserve. It is in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Cornelia Tin Boom, born in 1892, grew up as part of a tight-knit, devout Christian family that held regular Bible study sessions and taught their children to live according to Christian principles. The family patriarch, Casper Ten Boom, was a master watchmaker whose skill was recognized all over Holland and even other countries in Western Europe. His watch shop was on the ground floor of the family's home. They were pillars of their community widely respected and admired by their neighbors and friends. Their Christian faith sustained Corrie Ten Boom and her family through the horror of Nazi occupation from 1940 to 1945. This faith would be her salvation as well as the salvation of all those whom she rescued from persecution and almost certain death as their home would become both a spiritual and a literal hiding space. During World War II, Corey's home became a refuge to fugitives and those haunted by the Nazis. By protecting these people, Corey and her family risked their lives. This nonviolent resistance against the Nazi oppressors was Corey's and her family's way of living out their Christian faith. One day on a Sunday morning, Corey, 80 years of age at this point, 
was speaking to a group of ladies at a church service. After the service, two nurses invited her to their apartment for lunch. Corey went with them, only to discover they lived on the 10th floor and there was no elevator. The task of mounting those stairs was almost more than she could stand, and she wondered if she might die en route. Perhaps I'm leaving Earth to go to heaven, she complained to herself. Finally arriving in the apartment, Corey found the parents of one of these girls waiting there, wanting to be saved, and both gloriously received Christ as their savior. On her way down the steps, Corey said, thank you, Lord, for making me walk up all these steps. And next time, Lord, help Corey Ten Boom listen to her own sermon about being willing to go anywhere you tell me to go, even up 10 flights of stairs. If we can all be honest with ourselves this morning, how many of us will walk up the stairs to the 10th floor? Furthermore, some of us are not even 80 years old, and we might have even told the girls, these are too many steps. Would you mind us having lunch in the neighborhood? And others like Corey would walk up those flights of stairs, praying we don't die on the way up. If Corey had not walked up the stairs, two people might not have been saved that day. Corey thought more about the girls than herself. She sacrificed herself more than those stairs, even at 80 years old. With the story that I have just shared with you, today I'd like for us to take a deeper look into the scripture and examine it from the what, the how, and the why. What is Paul appealing for us to do? How are we supposed to do it? And why do we need to do it? And before I dive into that scripture, the how, before I dive into the what, the how, and the why, let me tell you what Paul was writing to the believers of Christ in the church of Rome from chapters 1 to 11 before we get to chapter 12 and the first verse. Paul was writing to the Roman church about salvation and coming to God through faith in Jesus Christ. He wrote about how salvation is available to all, regardless of a person's identity, sin, or heritage. He wrote about sanctification, which is the result of God's continuing work in Christian believers through the power of the Holy Spirit. And he talked about the sovereignty of God, how God is the supreme authority and in control of the entire universe. All of that, all of what I have mentioned encompasses Christian doctrine, what we believe. And then in chapter 12, Paul makes the transition from Christian doctrine to Christian living. In other words, how will you live out what you believe? And we'll begin in the what of the text. Paul begins by saying, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers. I appeal to you. What Paul is saying is, I urge you, I encourage you. Paul is letting you know that he's not commanding you to do anything, but he's encouraging you to make a decision, your own decision. 
Therefore, brothers, remember, Paul previously was talking about salvation, sanctification, the sovereignty of God. So after he has talked about that, he's now saying to you, therefore, which translates to so, or as a result of, and brothers here, it's not gender specific. Paul is talking to the believers of Christ in Rome. So it might sound a little bit like this now. I'm encouraging you, brothers and sisters in Christ, because I have shared with you about the Christian doctrine. Now let's get into the how of the text. Paul says, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. By the mercies of God. What is mercy? Mercy is God's compassionate and kind treatment towards us when we don't deserve it. Mercy is the act of withholding deserved punishment. In many cases, brothers and sisters, God's mercy prompts individuals to repent and return to God. So he's saying now, I'm encouraging you, brothers and sisters in Christ, as a result of what I have shared with you about the Christian doctrine according to God's compassion towards us to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. Let's stick a plug right here because I'm going to kind of go in deep into this part. Present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Paul is referring to your bodies as your entire being, your mind, your heart, your will, all of who you are presented as a living sacrifice. In other words, present your entire self fully surrendered to God. In the Old Testament, and many of you know, we've been in, in our Bible study, we've been studying the book of Leviticus with Pastor Marriott, and we've been talking about sacrifices. You know, Paul is saying to us that we should present our bodies, not what the way it used to be in the Old Testament, where the sacrifices in the Old Testament involved bringing a live animal to the priest. He would cut it up and kill the animal as the sacrifice and place it on the altar as an atonement for the people's sin. Paul is saying, God doesn't need you to bring any animal to the altar, but bring yourself fully surrendered to God to the altar. Because of Christ, we no longer need to bring a sacrifice. We need to become the sacrifice, brothers and sisters. We don't need to bring an animal. That's already dead. We become that sacrifice that is living for Christ. I know many of you are like, oh, you know, Rev, this is a little bit difficult. You don't know how it is. You know, I've got so much going on. I want to do this. But that's why being a sacrifice costs you something. If it costs Christ something, don't you think it's going to cost us something? I know it sounds easier than it said. And surrendering to God is difficult. You're bringing your entire heart, your mind, and your will, all of you, 
to God. D.L. Moody, he's an American evangelist, said it this way, the problem with the living sacrifice is it keeps crawling off the altar. <laughs> and this is because we want to be in control. And usually our wants are opposite what God wants for us. Sacrificing costs us something. And because of that, we want to continue to crawl off the altar. Beloved, when we dedicate our acts of sacrifice to God's glory, he sees them as holy and pleasing. I wonder what Christ thought about Corrie ten Boom being 80 years old, and she walked up to the 10th floor. She sacrificed herself just to have lunch with two ladies from the church, not knowing what was awaiting when she got upstairs to the parents of one of the, one of the girls wanting to be saved. God always knows the plans that he has for us way ahead of time. And all we have to do is look beyond ourselves and become that sacrifice and be obedient to his will for our lives. Our willingness to sacrifice is an indication of our devotion to God. Let me say that again. Our willingness to sacrifice is an indication of our willingness, of our devotion to God. Now, let me read it to you this way. I am encouraging you, brothers and sisters in Christ, as a result of what I have shared with you about the Christian doctrine, according to God's compassion towards you, to present yourself fully surrendered to God, bringing your entire being, your heart, your mind, your will, holy and pleasing to God. And to my last point, why do we need to do this? Paul Enzis says, it is your spiritual worship. Our spiritual worship, brothers and sisters, is our service to worship. Service to God is following his will for our lives. Worship has always been accompanied by sacrifice. We praise God because of what he's done, but we worship God because of who he is. I don't know if you guys have seen it yet, and I hope you catch this. It all begins and ends with God. Paul said at the beginning, under the mercies, I'm urging you, under the mercies of God, under the compassion of God, to present yourself a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. That is your spiritual worship. So it begins with God and it ends with God. And what do you think is happening in the, in the middle of it? You know what's happening? Because God knows us. We know ourselves, how difficult it is to surrender our lives, our will, our heart, and our mind. So you know what he did? He gave us his word to help us. And he gave us the Holy Spirit 
to guide us as our helper. You know, when I was, when I was, doing, when I was studying this and researching this, I struggled. I struggled because I was just like, okay, I'm going to let you guys in in my little, my, when, I, when I do my research and I'm talking to God. And I, and I said, you know, Lord, why didn't Paul just say at the very beginning, oh, your spiritual worship is going to be when you offer your bodies as living sacrifices. Why can't he just tell us of the outcome first and then tell us what we need to do? And you know what I got from that? Oftentimes, let's be honest, if God showed you what it would look like to get to where you are, would you want to go on that journey? Most of us will probably say no. I can be honest with you and say this. If I knew that saying yes to God would be the fact that he showed it to me that I'd be standing here today and preaching his gospel to you guys, absolutely not. But because of God's mercy and his grace, he knows that if I take you along the process and you trust the process, how much more will you appreciate the outcome and praise me for where I've taken you? Amen. Brothers and sisters, from beginning to end and even in the middle, God has us as we surrender our bodies, our hearts, our minds, and our hearts to him. He is with us throughout the entire process. So will you trust the process? The only reason we can even offer our bodies as a living sacrifice is because of the one sacrifice that was offered up for us. Jesus Christ was the atonement for our sins. He gave himself as a sacrifice to die for our past, present, and future sins so that we might be the living sacrifice unto him. That is our spiritual act of worship. In conclusion, in the what, in the how, and in the why, it reads a little something like this. I am encouraging you, brothers and sisters in Christ, as a result of what I have shared with you about the Christian doctrine, according to God's compassion towards you, to present yourself fully surrendered to God, bringing your entire heart, your mind, and your will, holy and pleasing to God. Because that is your service of worship for what he has done for you. Are you a living sacrifice? Amen.